unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic. We had to take a uh, kind of like a hiatus of recording because you had some business that you had to attend to. And so I was missing out on my David Garfinkel fix. Well, I'm back. I missed you too, but I, I was just working day and night to get this training together. And that's why it goes sometimes. You just got to focus on one thing and other stuff falls by the wayside and you apologize later. So sorry. <laughs> well, the listeners won't know because we're, we're, uh, we're a couple of hep- episodes ahead, but um, I'm glad to be back on the call with you. And uh, let's just jump into this week's training. Sure. Well, you know, I remember I was at big seminar. It was an internet marketing seminar. This was 12 years ago. And I met I just met, I mean, I just ran into sort of walking around. I met into an editor from a large subscription newsletter publisher. And the editor didn't really understand copy that well, as a lot of editors don't. He was very good at his subject matter area. But he joked, in our company, we have two copywriting divisions, the division of fear and the division of greed. And, you know, that was funny. and. What he said, I'd heard it before and I've heard it since. Uh, This is a commonly accepted assumption among many copywriters and among many copywriting gurus that fear and greed are it. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard that, Nathan. You know, you've either got to go for fear or go for greed. And I wanted to explore the question is that true? That's what we'll look at today. And first, here's something that's definitely true. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So I know a lot of business owners are kind of apprehensive about using fear and greed. And then, like you said, a lot of copywriters say you have to use fear or greed. Are you saying that it's not an either or situation? Well, I I think you're jumping the gun. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to get to that then. Yeah. That's what I want to talk about today. Let's talk about what fear is and, and what greed is. I mean, at a most, um, primal level, you know, fear is when you see a snake or you see a saber-toothed tiger or um, someone's pointing a gun at you or you think you're going to lose everything or you think you're going to fall off a cliff. Or, um, you know, fear could be that something's going to happen that that you just cannot manage. And greed is like enough is never enough. Like you just want more, more, more. You've got to have it all. Um, you, you, you want more money than you can count and more homes than you can ever live in and more cars than you can drive and so forth and so on, right? I mean, those are examples. Now, for sure, 
these things work in copy. And I'm going to give you an example of pure fear. And well, two examples of pure fear. One that I think worked until it got pulled down because the ad I'm going to read to you, which I found on crazyegg.com, looks like it was a product on ClickBank. But when I clicked on the link, it said the page had been taken down and it was the, a ClickBank site. So um, I don't know, but this is definitely fear. Let me give you an example. The headline is how to survive when America finally collapses. And then the subheadline or the second headline is It'll pit neighbor against neighbor. Gangs will sweep the streets, looting and terrorizing and closing in on you and your family. Dear fellow prepper. So this is obviously for preppers. My name is, and then that was blanked out. I need your undivided attention right now because if you're like me, then you must think what's going to happen when America finally collapses and falls apart and goes down like the Titanic. You know you need to protect yourself and your loved ones when the nightmare becomes a dark, harsh reality because your family is counting on you to make all the right decisions. So understand that if you know you cannot let them down and you're willing to do whatever it takes to survive, then this is the most important letter you're ever going to get. Okay, that that is fear in its purest form. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yes, and by reading that, that would definitely compel me to take action. Okay, now let me give you an example of somebody trying to use fear and this is an example I made up, by the way. It's not for an actual product or piece of copy I've seen. But here's an example of fear that really doesn't work so well. This would be for a, a pest control product, right? Ants have been found to carry deadly diseases, including E. coli, strep, and staph infections, and salmonella. What if your family came down with one or more of those diseases? Now, maybe that sounds good to you, but here there are a couple of reasons. Uh, while it is true, it is really stretching the truth because I actually got this information from the Berkeley Wellness Letter online, and it says that while ants do carry those diseases and they've been found in some species of ants, especially in developing countries, there's no evidence that this is a significant risk in the U.S. So. It's it's based on phony information, and frankly, people are probably not going to get hooked by that. That's that's a bad example that might have come from a copywriter who believed that if you didn't have fear or greed, you couldn't have anything. It's kind of like, um, whereas the first example, if you're somebody who studies the economic system, you're somebody who understands fiat currencies. It can be a very real threat. The second example seems kind of like uh, they're exaggerating or almost um, creating a, th a threat that, that doesn't even possibly exist in order to maybe induce an artificial sense of fear. Yeah, or at least doesn't exist in the United States. There may be countries where ants are a real problem. I don't know, but certainly not here. And I was assuming that this would be an ad in the U.S. Okay, let me give you an example of greed that works. This is a, a, a greed-based approach. It's an ad from, um, I think it was 2011. I'm not sure. It was, it was a while ago. 
Um, Ohio man has 21 year tested formula to create multi-million dollar businesses from scratch without bank loans, venture capital, venture capitalists, or selling stock by John Whitehead, Canton, Ohio. A little over 21 years ago, a new entrepreneur, Benjamin D. Suarez, developed a true formula for making money called the Net Profits Generation System, NPGS. With archaic conventional business methods, which use primitive marketing mediums, it usually requires borrowing money or selling stock and takes five years to make a profit. With the NPGS, it is possible to make a profit on a new business venture in a few months to a few hours and without borrowing or selling stock. No prior business experience is required. With the NPGS, you can make money at the speed of light in cyberspace. So that's pure greed. Multi-million dollar businesses, no money, very fast, right? And by the way, I found that on swiped.co, S-W-I-P-E-D dot C-O. You can find a lot of great ads on Swiped. Now, let me give you an example. Again, I made up to show you a bad example. I'm, I'm not actually planning to do a product like this. Of a headline using greed that's, that's just not going to work. Warren Buffett sold packs of chewing gum when he was a kid, and now he's worth $85.8 billion. But you don't know how to teach your kids how to sell gum. We'll show you how, and you can take a cut of their profits. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a greed-based headline that's pretty ridiculous. It's like saying Warren Buffett drank mother's milk when he was a baby, so therefore anyone who drinks mother's milk is going to be worth $85.8 billion. Well, I don't think so. Um, and, but it's certainly based on greed, and it doesn't sound plausible, and except for you know, the most vicious parents, it probably doesn't even sound believable. And usually when kids feel coerced to do something, they disown their parents, especially if they have billions of dollars. <laughs> so, you know, just not, not a good idea. Right. Well, it's also kind of like a bridge too far. It's, it's, it sounds too extreme to even be believable. Right. It, it does. But here is, here's a question. Does everything have to be fear or greed? I don't know if you realize this, but coupons are a form of direct marketing copy. So I've got a discount coupon that was used by Quiznos, the the sandwich franchise. And this is from five years ago. So don't expect to cash this in, but here's <laughs> here's the here's what it says on the coupon. Free toasted cookie with purchase of a regular or large sub. Excludes create your own subs. As everyone loves a deal, most people like cookies. Is that greed? I don't think so. Do you? Mm, it doesn't. It doesn't really appeal to greed. Maybe it appeals to um, getting an extra benefit, but it doesn't appeal to. Um, I guess I. It's kind of like a a thin line between greed and um, just getting the most out of your money. Yeah, I mean, that. what is that, thrift, perhaps? Thrift is not the same thing as greed. Um, <laughs> being cheap is not the same thing as greed. Okay, but it, it's it's certainly not all the cookies you can eat, 
right? That would be greed. Free toasted cookie. That's a little different. How about the idea of a free trial? You know, um, a, a lot of, or a $1 trial, you know, a, a lot of subscription publications, um, a lot of apps, uh, a lot of membership sites. If you're thinking of getting one of them, you might not want to commit until you've tried it. And so free trials work really well. $1 trials have worked really well. Now, to be sure, people are worried that the new app or the new membership site might not work for them. But is that fear or is that low risk tolerance? Is that appealing to risk reversal? I don't think that's exactly fear. But here's what I want to say about that. Maybe we should call all of this 50 shades of fear and greed. (laughs) Because there is fear. You can really twist your mind around to look at any possible promotional motivation, any motivation that a customer is going to have that you're that your promotion is appealing to as some form of fear or greed, but it's often a stretch, you know, it's like there, it's like there's a continuum fear at the extreme left and greed on the extreme right. And I don't know, boredom, peace of mind, satisfaction right in the middle perhaps, but between the middle and fear on the one hand and between the middle and greed on the other hand, there are lots of steps. There are lots of, nuances and um, we call them subtleties, different emotions. I, I don't think they're all fear and greed, but let's look at some more examples, okay? I want to take a moment to point out how vitally important headlines are in copy. As you may already know, the strength of your headline accounts for up to 80 or even 90% of the effectiveness of your ad. Think about that. What if there were a way to shortcut the headline writing process and start a new headline based on a proven winner? Well, there is. It's all in my book called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. This book is available now on Amazon.com. Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. What's unique about this book is it shows you exactly how to adapt a proven winner to your product or service because I show you 10 adaptations for each headline in different niches and explain the psychology of how to adapt a headline. Advertising headlines that make you rich in hard copy and Kindle formats on Amazon. Now, back to our show. So my friend Richard Armstrong wrote a letter that made a lot of money for a nonprofit and actually won an advertising award, which, you know, in direct marketing, we usually like to poo-poo advertising awards because we assume that people give them in place of, you know, there actually being any monetary success for copy. But that's not the case here. Um, This was successful. It was for a nonprofit that protected sea turtles. And it starts out like this. Dear friend, Will you consider the desperate plight of the baby sea turtles to your right? And there are little footsteps of sea turtles drawn all throughout the letters. Very clever. Imagine, if you will, that this piece of paper is a Florida beach. And imagine that it is a dark and moonless night. At the top of the page is a shoreline, the Atlantic Ocean. At the bottom is civilization, condominiums, highways, hotels, parking lots. To the newly hatched sea turtle, 
Heading towards the top of the page means heading towards safety. Heading towards the bottom means heading towards death. Now, I I don't think people are going to be shaking in their boots because the baby sea turtles are going to die, but they might be crying or they might be feeling bad or they might be feeling sympathy. That's different from fear, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's kind of like an empathetic fear, but it's definitely not like the um, gangs are going to be roaming the streets and coming for your family fear. Right. And and so, you know, the the reason I bring this up is many of the big promotions from big publishers and on infomercials, they're going to appeal to these things. I think it is true that when you want to reach a mass market with a very powerful offer, sometimes you do need to resort to extreme fear and extreme greed. But that's not always the case, and you can still make a lot of money for your business or for your clients by using some other approaches. Here's another approach. Um, Remember late Senator, not late, he's still alive, but former Senator Al Franken? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, whether you like his politics or not, and knowing you, Nathan, I bet you don't. Um, I, I, sir, I, he was far, too far to the left for me, but I really love his sense of humor. So here's an email he sent out in 2014 when he was running for Senate the second time. He won the election after the email. Um, and he's, actually, he sent it out in December of 2013. And it says, dear friend, oh, the subject line is fundraising email, okay? (laughs) Dear friend, yes, this is a fundraising email. See, here's a contribution link. Can you give $5 or more today? Now, I know you must be wondering, Al, it's the holidays. Why should I give you money? Here's why. Because at the end of 2013 is also the beginning of 2014. And the beginning of 2014 is the beginning of our election year. Election year. The special interests are going to attack me in Minnesota. All right. So did it work? Well, A, he got elected. B, there's a little meter at the bottom of the email. And he says our big December goal is 200K, $200,000 by December 31st. And he was up to 180,000. So I guess this kind of email is working. Now, is there an element of fear in there? Sure. The special interests are going to attack me in Minnesota. You know, is, is that the main driver here? No, it's basically a guy sort of, you know, stumbling over himself, spilling ketchup on his shirt, you know, and saying, hey, guy, five bucks to, to help get reelected. That's a little different than fear or greed, right? Yeah, there's, there's, like you said, there's that tiny little hint of, of fear with the special interests are going to attack me. But the way he approached it, it was very uh, lighthearted. There was humor. Yes, this is a fundraising email. See, here's the contribution link. So it wasn't like uh, the world's coming to an end. It was more like, hey, this might happen. This is probably going to happen, but hey, uh, I'd really enjoy your help. And if you enjoy hearing from me and you want to keep hearing from me, here's how you can make sure that happens. Yeah, it's funny that most politicians don't have that good a sense of humor, but government is such a joke. 
I, I can't, <laughs> I can't figure that one out. What a contradiction, huh? Irony, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's circle back to where we started, because what I'd like to do. Sorry, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, Alexa, we're really going to do that. Um, okay. <laughs> wow, that was weird. Uh, has she ever? Has she ever? Has she ever <laughs> has she ever spoken up during a podcast before? I have not heard. This is the first time. Maybe we should include that. I think it's sort of funny. Um, that's up to you. You're you're the producer. Okay, so uh, let's circle back to where we started. You know, I was talking about an editor in a publication and a subscription publication. Well, here's a sales letter for a subscription publication, and it just happens to be the most profitable ad tracked ad of all time. It brought in two billion with a B dollars. It's the Wall Street Journal Two Young Men letter. Most people are familiar with it. You can find it online if you Google Wall Street Journal Two Young Men letter. And what I want to read to you is about five or six short paragraphs. And then let's look at what the motivations um, this was appealing to were. Dear reader, on a beautiful late spring afternoon, 25 years ago, two young men graduated from the same college. They were very much alike, these two young men. Both had been better than average students. Both were personable, and both, as young college graduates, were filled with ambitious dreams for the future. Recently, these men returned to their college for their 25th reunion. They were both still very much alike. Both were happily married. Both had three children. and. Both, as it turned out, had gone to work for the same Midwestern manufacturing company after graduation and were still there. But there was a difference. One of the men was a manager of a small department of that company. The other was its president. What made the difference? Have you ever wondered, as I have, what makes this kind of difference in people's lives? It isn't a native intelligence or talent or dedication. It isn't that one person wants success and the other doesn't. The difference lies in what each person knows and how he or she makes use of that knowledge. And that is why I'm writing to you and people like you about the Wall Street Journal, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so, hmm, most successful ad of all time. Was it just ripping with fear or greed? Uh, it wasn't dripping with it, but there was definitely a hint of both. Okay, sure. Um, I would say there's fear of missing out. You know, you're not going to get to be the CEO if you don't read the Wall Street Journal. That could possibly be true. Or just the idea that you might not reach your full potential unless you're getting this information that's in the in the Wall Street Journal. That's true, too. And is it greed? I mean, is wanting to be CEO greed? I don't know. I think it's ambition. Um, I think wanting to own all of the companies in an industry might be more like greed than being CEO of one of them. But there are other emotions in there that are, I think, even stronger. There's envy. Maybe if you are in a job and you're not the president, you're envious of this guy who became president. Or you can project that or maybe there's a desire for power desire for success maybe there's 
a desire to increase your odds of success. So, yeah, there's maybe some fear and some greed, but the my point here is there are many other emotions which are just as important and I think more predominant in this letter than fear. Here, here's here's the bottom line. Copywriting won't work without stirring some emotion. You can't just describe something unless a person is already so charged up by somebody else's copy, they read it another time, or some other information that they're already ready to buy and they just need to know how to order. And that's not usually the case. So you need to stir some emotion. And in terms of emotions, nearly all emotions are some form of moving away from something you don't want, which could be construed as fear, or moving towards something you do want, which could be construed as greed. But there are a lot of steps in between, a lot of midpoints, a lot of nuances, a lot of different emotions. So I would say, Fear and greed and lots of other options as well. Just make sure that you find the ones that are going to resonate with your market and then, like a musician, play them to the hilt. Mm. So it feels like my question that I started off the show with, is it a black and white issue? Uh, You kind of nailed it halfway through the show when you said, no, it's not a black and white issue. It's kind of like there's 50 shades of fear and greed. Fifty Shades of Emotional Gray. Yes. Mm, Nice. All right, David, this has been a fantastic episode, and uh, I know that I learned a bunch as we were going through, and I know that the listeners will definitely learn a bunch as they they go through. This is one of those episodes where I think people should go back and re-listen to it again with Every once in a while, you do an episode where at the end of it, you you nail the point, and then all of the stuff that led up to it makes a lot more sense if you go back and listen to it. Mm, Thank you. All right. Awesome. So uh, what do we have coming up next week? Well, next week we have a mystery guest. In fact, you are the only person who knows who that mystery guest is besides me. So that's a clue. And we're going to do a report from the field. That was very popular when we did that with Victor Urbina to launch it. And um, we're going to do another one. Nice. All right. Well, I can't wait to find out who it is. We will, uh, until next time, make sure that you're checking out the copywriterspodcast.com for more episodes and we will catch you next time. Okay. See you then. If you found this episode valuable, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That way you'll never miss a show.